With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our Ben Charrington and Neil Huntington, the same person. <laughs> what a start! What a start! Wow. Uh, good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. So much of that gets said. And I'm not going to lie. I've seen and heard and experienced some similarities between the two. They're probably more similar then they are different, at least when it comes to speech and mannerisms and maybe even philosophies. And I can see where fans would be put off by that right off the bat. Because you think that the Pirates made this wholesale change when Bob Nutting fired everybody from Frank Coonley, Huntington, Kyle Stark, all those guys, everybody. Clint Hurdle even, threw them all out, that this is a chance for something totally new and we're going to get someone in here who speaks our language and who communicates with us without sounding condescending and, and everything. And then the next guy comes along and you listen to him use some of the same terminology and you go, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I want to like this guy because he's not the last guy, but he kind of sounds like him. Here's some of what Charrington said yesterday on a radio program uh, for MLB Network. I think you know at the end of this at the end of this season, um, I had been in Pittsburgh for about a year at that point, or just under a year. Um, and I think you know a lot of that first year you spend on just trying to get a clear sense of of what you have and the players, major league players, minor league players, and just get a little bit more precise on. Um, on what you need uh, to build a winning team, and I think we recognize after one year that we have we have some of the players we need, but we need a lot more. Um, and as much as you you know you got to get that through the draft and international uh, trades are a part of it. And in our in our case, uh, that means making some some tougher calls on guys that we like uh, in order to just just add and build a talent base that gives us the best chance to win over time. So. With Josh, um, look, Josh is a good teammate. He's a talented player, someone I really look, enjoyed getting to know over a year. Um, and so that's a tough phone call, but also very clear to us that, you know, that's the type of decision we have to make um, and, and need to continue to be willing to make. You hear it there? I mean, there's some of the the analytical bent, but there's also being guarded, cautious with what he says, being not 
too easily defined or pigeonholed. Charrington does have some of that. And yes, he's an analytics guy. And yes, he's a guy who believes in building a baseball team from within, basing your value on years of control and other terms that Pirates fans, it's safe to say, really learned to loathe over the previous 12 years. I try to picture every once in a while what it would be like if Huntington and Travis Williams had hired, for example, someone who was just some, you know, older school GM who came in breathing fire. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, for those of you who go way back, like a Sid Thrift type who would just come in and say, I invent the dang wheel. I'm going to do things my way and your eyes tell you everything you need to know. And yeah, he had the Southern draw. But that's not who this is. And actually, that's not what generation of baseball this is. If you look around at all 30 teams, even the GMs who've been around for a long time, like a Dave Dombrowski, they don't really do that. Uh, Dombrowski, what made him as successful as he's been and the reason he was able to spawn off this whole tree of other GMs around baseball is because he did subscribe to the analytics. But the bigger thing here is that Charrington and Huntington don't strike me as being anything alike in one area that might matter the most when it comes to comparing the two. I don't get the sense that Charrington fears anything. And I very much got the sense for a long time and pretty much right from the start that Huntington was afraid of his own shadow. Not least of which was the shadow of Stark who seemed to intimidate him in a way that was really, really strange considering their differences in the hierarchy. Huntington gave in in a lot of situations, not just to Stark, but to other people below him. And those people, when they saw that they could get away with things, as would happen in any corporate culture, got away with them. That's not what I'm getting from Charrington. Charrington, if you think about it, just on the moves that have been made on the surface that you can see, has been completely unapologetic, very matter-of-factly, and just said, hey, this thing? No, this wasn't any fun. But this is what I had to do because this, because I need this. I've been here for a year. I've looked around at the players that I have. I've looked at the minor league system that I have. I've looked at the people who are instructing or finding or acquiring the amateur talent into this system. And it's not good enough. Or... In the cases where somebody is good, there aren't enough of them. So he has eliminated a lot of jobs, 
a lot more than what you might realize. Stuff that doesn't make it into press releases or become some big discussion topic. He's pushed people out of the organization, in some cases, who've been around for a long time, who probably thought they were lifers. I'm not saying that every one of these has been justified. I'm not about to go through every single personnel move he's made, every cubicle he's emptied. I, that's, I'm not equipped with that level of inside knowledge, and, and I don't know that anybody would or should be. But I can definitely see the pattern. I can see a GM that's not scared of anything. And if he trades a Josh Bell or he trades a Starling Marte and he gets back a couple of prospects, or if he ends up trading Joe Musgrove as appears to be gaining momentum around the country, he's not going to come back and say, this was a great deal for the Pittsburgh Pirates or give you whatever else the you know typical Pirates Fest nonsense would have been with, well, starting with Coonley. But then it would get passed down to Huntington, and because Huntington was scared of Coonley, Huntington would just kind of repeat it, and everybody would hold it against Huntington because he's the GM and he's the one making the baseball calls. And it all looked and sounded really meek and weak and dishonest in a lot of cases. Charrington doesn't have that issue. Technically speaking, he doesn't really answer to Travis Williams. When Bob Nutting brought these guys in, he made it very clear that unlike Coonley, who was way more involved in baseball operations than he should have been, Williams was going to manage the business and Charrington was going to manage the baseball. So Charrington operates with full authority and appropriate confidence to match. And I've been impressed with him to date. That doesn't mean all of his moves and all of his trades and all of his signings are going to be great. Doesn't mean I won't rip him for the next dumb thing that he might do. But it does mean that his demeanor, his persona, yeah, it's different. It's different, all right. And I think that, in turn, is going to make a difference because the Pirates have only one way they can compete in this wretchedly imbalanced economic system that Major League Baseball has, and it's going to take a GM of some significant conviction to turn that into something real. When we come back, just one question. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And that's always brought to you on the Daily Shot of Pirates by Mike's Beer Bar. Choose your favorites from the more than 500 beers that Mike has on tap from the comfort of your own home. That means just go online. Mike'sBeerBar.com slash beer hyphen menu. 
all of the deals that you'd get by walking into Mike's on Federal Street, you can get right there online, including the ridiculous deal where you buy three crawlers and get three of them free, or mix and match two six-packs and get free delivery, which would normally be a $5 charge. Call 412-322-BEER to order and pay. You've got to be 21, ID required, and present to receive delivery. Or, again, check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Question comes from Nick Booker, who asks, Mitch Keller's last two starts were exciting, given that he had 11 no-hit innings, but he gave up 10 walks. Is this what we can expect from him going forward, or is there something he can do to limit the walks? Nick, there are no limits to which this is a good question. There also are no limits to which there is no good answer, because Mitch Keller has the command that you'd want. Uh, He is not someone who has an issue putting his fastball where he wants and when he wants to. So the first thought that I have when I watch him pitch like that, and the reason that I'm with you, and you sound a little bit cynical about him, and and I am as well, more so than most people when they watch him, pitch those games because they just rave. Wow, I mean, no hit. Look, he, they, he's unhittable. His stuff is this and that. and I, I don't ever do that when someone's walking that many people and putting that many people on base and putting additional pressure on himself and his arm and his team. I don't get impressed by that. I think there are two different directions that you can go with this theoretically, and I'll cite examples from the Pirates' own past. One would be, and again to date myself a little bit, guys like Chris Benson and Kip Wells, and to an extent early version Charlie Morton when he came up with the Pirates, would show this wonderful stuff, and hitters couldn't touch it. But then hitters went, huh, you know what? This stuff's not in the strike zone. I don't have to touch it. So then you see them, figuratively speaking, walk into the batter's box with their bat on the shoulder and just watch it go by and then take their base. And then you see the pitcher put into different situations that make the pitcher uncomfortable, at which point the pitcher has no choice but to come into the zone. It's nibbling. It's nibbling. Keller's problem isn't that easily explained because I don't get the sense that he fears the hitters the way I always felt that Benson and Wells did. But I do get the sense that he's trying to be too fine. It's a different definition, if you will, of nibbling. Mitch Keller's personality is anything but the timid type. That's not to say he's going to be, you know, making a big splash about himself and, you know, building MitchKeller.com or whatever. But when you talk to him, he's confident. Last Bradenton, he said right to my face, I expect to be the ace of this team. You're not saying that if you're worried about anything. I mean, he's in that room at the time, you know, with Chris Archer, Joe Musgrove, guys that he could have reasonably seen as people who might take exception to that sort of statement. Nothing of the kind. Just said it. 
He's not frail. But that takes me to the other direction that we can go with this, and that's Tyler Glass now. Um, Keller doesn't have Glass now stuff. Not many people do. But that tendency was there for Glass now. He would walk the world, but no one would hit him. And you were wondering which one it is. Eventually, the solution that the Rays came up with was, you know, he's trying to get too creative. He's trying to do too many different things with his off-speed pitches. The only way we're going to get this kid to settle down and throw strikes with his unhittable stuff is to tell him to throw it straight and to throw it as hard as he can. And once Glasnow started doing that, magic occurred. I don't believe that that's the plan, from what I understand, with Keller, but maybe it should be. Oscar Marine, the Pirates pitching coach, as of 2020, came to Keller with a plan to throw high strikes, which Keller told me himself was going to be the first time in his life he'd experienced such a thing. Go after hitters upstairs. Go after them. Keller had been taught his whole life, as most pitchers had, stay down, stay down, stay down. Now he was going upstairs, and it was very different for him, and he tried it in Bradenton. He tried it in spring training 2.0, and even though his 2020 season was interrupted by injury, he tried it at times with good effect. But the whole 2020 season and everything, partly because of that, partly because of the injury, largely because of coronavirus, was a throwaway for him. So we'll see where it goes this spring. That's the best, most honest answer I can give you, Nick. I know it's not complete, but then neither is Mitch Keller's career. The best of what he has to offer is still ahead. Thanks for the question. Again, a really good one. Thanks to everybody for listening today. Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.